Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing episode. And this time, I get to interview a guy. I love it when I say in the trenches because he's doing everything that we want to know about because he works with Microsoft. He is their VP and chief technology officer of the customer experience and success at Microsoft. And I love saying his name, Gabriella Mazzelli. He is Italian. That is Italian. Yes, it is indeed. It's sure not anything else. I don't know. (laughs) We call him G because we love him and he is a great guy. That's what G is. Anyway, we're going to get to him in just a moment. But before we do that, a couple of announcements. If you've got questions or you want to share a story, go on the social media channels, all of them, because I'm there. If it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll either answer the question right there or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV, Roku, and you can now get the episodes on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. It's uh, beamazing.tv. That's it, beamazing.tv. How could I forget that? I wrote it. Anyway, gee, let's talk to you. Gabriela Mazzelli from Microsoft. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Chef, for having me here. Happy so I knew it was Italian. You look Italian, you sound Italian, but you're, you're, you're in Washington right now. Indeed, this is Lake Washington behind me. So yes. yeah, and the Seattle area. For those that are listening, Lake Washington is beautiful. And uh, although I know that that's your background because it's pouring down rain right now where you are. <laughs> indeed, so, indeed. The weather is not so good down here, especially as we get, it gets colder and wet. Yep, that's the way it is. And you're wondering, why did I leave uh, Italy? Where, where did you grow up in Italy? In Sardinia which is actually a beautiful island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. So we're very mild climate. Right now, they are still swimming in the sea. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. All right. Quick little background. I, we know Global VP, CTO, Microsoft Customer Experience Success. What does that mean? What do you do there? <laughs> so I'm responsible for the technology and innovation in the support services and customer success space for Microsoft, basically. So my teams are in charge of the technology that goes to in front of the customers, like, you know, self-service, virtual support agents, diagnostics, all the help content that you see in the website, as well as the things that go to our own teams, like the case management system, our internal tools, and so on and so forth, and all the data and infrastructure that goes with it. So... I will tell you, and, and I'm not saying this, I, I want to ask you, I know I've got a list of questions here, but I want to ask you about customer success in just a moment. I hope I don't forget to do this. But recently, I had a pretty serious issue with my Microsoft Outlook. Mm-hmm. And I went through all of the typical self-service solutions. And then somehow or another, I got connected to a real person. This was the most amazing person. I don't know if, I know... CTO does not mean people in customer service and support typically, but I just want to compliment you and your, your company. She followed up the next day. I thought she was going to be my friend. I know she lives somewhere out of another part of the country, but I thought she was going to show up and have dinner with me. Uh, 
that she was just absolutely amazing. And we kept troubleshooting and troubleshooting and troubleshooting till we finally got most of it all worked out. There's just some weird glitches. And believe me, like uh, the line goes, it's me, not you. And it really was me. So uh, I just want to compliment you on that. You mentioned customer success. Your definition of customer success is? Whenever we help the customers to achieve what they need. I mean, the Microsoft mission is to empower every person or organization on the planet to achieve more. So whenever we fulfill that mission, we are helping customers to be successful. We see ourselves just as enablers for that success to happen. So a lot of companies view the customer success role as making sure the customer's using the soft, in your case, the software or whatever it is you're selling properly so they have success with the product. It's not reactive to customer support. It's more proactive to make sure they, they don't need customer support. Indeed, it's the same for us. So we have customer success that focuses on enabling the customer to get the best out of everything they use from us. And we have customer support, which is more in the, on the reactive side to help mm-hmm. customers whenever something is not working. And we have what we call enterprise services, which is uh, all, the, all the contracts we have with big customers that are working with us constantly. So we have a closer relationship and we interact with them in a slightly different way because we know their infrastructure more intimately and we can help them better. Wow. All right. Today, I want to talk about building connected customer experiences with digital solutions. This is a hot topic right now. Uh, The whole concept of digital or automation, I think thanks to COVID-19, it's been put into the forefront of everything. Before it was kind of like you know, some of us are doing it rather well. It seems to be a pretty big trend. Most companies are starting to say, I need to do more of this. But since COVID-19, I think that the digital solution has been really, imp- I just actually wrote an article. It'll be out, it'll be out right before our episode airs. And I wrote it, I always do a cartoon every week. And I essentially, I had, uh, this is my version of the cartoon. I'll see if I could describe it. A man is walking out of a clothing store, completely mismatched plaid, stripes, you know, just a terrible looking outfit. And his wife is waiting for him and says, what are you wearing? And he goes, I know they aren't allowed to come near me. They can't touch me. I'm not allowed to try on the clothes. This is the best I could do. <laughs> and, and the <laughs> caption reads, uh, don't let, you know, it, even though you're wanting to keep your customers safe, which a lot of the, is the reason for the acceleration of the digital experience, um, you don't want to sacrifice quality of product and the experience itself. So um, I, I think that's along the lines of this, but I also realize that the connected experience, the, digit, the digitization has been going on long before COVID. And I just think it just accelerated a lot of people to adapting it more or adopting Indeed. it. Absolutely. Well, what we are seeing is that for the customers that had that digital transformation path well underway, they just got pushed to compress basically three, four years of timelines into yeah, three months. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So for the customers that were out of that path, though, that that has been a much harder time because they had to, I mean, it was inevitable for the people to continue to succeed. They had to adopt digital experiences. So a lot of customers that were not ready for it had to jump into it somehow. And now when you refer enough, to I mean, customers, you're refer, referring to businesses that are your customers yes both actually i mean my my team serve all the customers of microsoft we go from you know the big companies the multinational companies the top 
in the world, as well as the single users that are working on their own, or the gamers for what matters, the developers that build software and everybody in between. And we see the same across both the big companies as well as the small you know, consultancy firms, as an example. They, they have the same problem without the, that infrastructure, though. So we are there to help in those cases. So today I read an article about a retailer in the UK who has decided they want nothing to do with an online or digital experience. They've never done it before and they're not gonna get into it now. And uh, the question that was posed to me was like, are these people, are they crazy? Are they smart? What's your take on that? I, I think it doesn't make sense, honestly. You see how many stories are you hearing from your friends, family, or colleagues that are telling you, oh, now I'm ordering almost everything online because I, I need to do that. But the reality is that once people try those, they're going to continue to use them. I mean, it's so convenient in so many possible ways. Yeah. Why would you go back if you don't have to? It, it, there's going to be, even for the retailer, and I'm using just retail as an example, it could be any type of business that's always focused on brick and mortar relationship building people to people. Today, you have to be able to adapt. I think they're going to be playing a big game of catch-up, even if they're around to play catch-up in the future. Indeed. Yep. So um, let's talk about tech. Let's talk about AI. Uh, I know we're going to take a break in just a couple of minutes, but artificial intelligence, how do you see it playing in the role of customer service and support? Artificial intelligence becomes has become already the biggest enabler for a proper solution to deliver to customers when it comes to support. I, I think we are past in the industry now from where we were a couple of years ago that everybody was seeing AI as a silver bullet. They're gonna use AI to replace the work of hundreds of agents. And we are past that vision that didn't make any sense. And we are more into the the path of integrating artificial intelligence to augment the capabilities of the human experts, which is where I see AI at play at its best. When you can combine the human ingenuity and the artificial intelligence, that's when you get the, an excellent experience that can delight the customers. So that, that is the future of AI for support. And I'm right. I'm so so I'm an expert. I'm, 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 I work for Microsoft. Let's just pretend I don't work for Microsoft and I'm definitely not an expert, but let's pretend I do. And I'm talking to G, who's called in and needs support. Is the artificial intelligence helping me as the support agent? Is it giving me information? And, and this, because I've been talking about this, how close to this being not just reality, because I know it's there, but being ubiquitous and that many companies are using it, not just the few that are really forward thinking. How close are we to that happening? So first of all, as a customer, most likely you are going to be interacting with one of our artificial intelligence solutions, like the virtual support agent we have, before you end up talking with somebody. Because in a lot of situations, the virtual agent can solve your problem and you don't have to wait for anybody and you are done and can continue your day without interrupting. And what does that look like? The virtual agent looks like, is it a bot? Am I typing? Am I talking? What am I doing? Both. Actually, so the primary way we use it today is via is a textual interaction, is a chatbot, but we we have it also in our voice interactions now. So if you are calling one of our uh, phone numbers, 
you may be greeted by one of our virtual agents that can help you right there without ha you having to wait for anything or able to, you know, select one, select two, select three. You just explain what you need and that is going to give you a solution. How, how good is that? It, it, do, am I going to know I'm talking to a computer or is it good enough that I'm not sure? Well, first of all, you're going to know because we are going to tell you. We have a very clear policy that we are transparent with customers anytime we are using artificial intelligence. Okay. So the virtual agent that, by the you. way, is a very important uh, ethical piece of it all, right? It, yes. I mean, our AI ethical play in general is uh, what comes before any of the services we provide. We want to make sure that everything is doing the right thing for the customer and eventually, you know, uh, saving as money as a consequence of that, but not vice versa. The, the, so the interaction with the virtual agent will eventually end up with, a, with an expert, human expert being involved. The agent will recognize when they need help from an expert and will recommend it to you. That's the key. The, the virtual agent, the, the computer knows when it's time to pass on to, to a real agent. Yes, and it does that in three ways that are pretty cool, I believe. I mean, the obvious one, you can ask. If you are tapping with a virtual agent, you say, want to talk with an agent? It's going to immediately route you to the best possible agent. But then we are experimenting with two different things now. One is if the virtual agent sees your sentiment changing during the conversation and you becoming frustrated, then it's going to suggest you, would you rather like me to put you in touch with an expert and recommend that for you? Or when their agents, virtual agent recognizes that he doesn't have enough knowledge on a specific topic you need help with, he's going to say, look, I don't think I'm the best one to help you with this. Let me hand you over to an expert that can take it from there. I love that. And, go on, sorry. No, I just love that. I think that's the way it needs to be done. Indeed, I totally believe that because then what we do, we hand over all the information. So the, and that's where we help the human expert because now the human expert has all the history of the conversation with the virtual agent and the customer and doesn't have to ask again the same questions to the customers. You know very well how the customers hate. We all hate to repeat ourselves 20 times. Oh, I know. I know. That's one of the biggest frustrations of all. Yep. So we try to avoid that. We give all the information to the human expert. And then from there, the, the system kicks in in the background to suggest things to the human expert that is having the conversation at that point. Wow, amazing. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about AI and how AI can help us predict what we need to do to take care of our customers. We are talking with G, which we'll is call him G because it's easier. Although I do love to say your name, uh, Gabriella Mazzilli. All right, we're coming right back on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So, what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're 
listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking to Gabriella Mazzilli. And we are talking about artificial intelligence. We're talking about the connected customer and digital experiences. I want to get, I want to stay with AI for a moment. Artificial intelligence transfers me as a customer to you, the agent. Now we flipped roles. You're, you get to be the person who works at Microsoft or whatever. And you now have a really good picture of why I'm calling because the artificial intelligence, the bot is giving you information. It's also probably able to give you information about my past experience with Microsoft. Yes? That's right. Yep. Yep. So it's going to give me a good profile. Um, I know that uh, one of the really cool things that I've seen AI do, and again, I wonder how close we are to making this across you know, many companies and not just a select few. And I know a lot of it is the investment that has to be made, but AI can then match up my profile with all of your other customers and see who I'm like. And I might be like thousands of other customers that you have, which means you can start to, with uncanny predictability, determine what I'm going to ask for next, what question I might have, what product I need. Is that pretty accurate? It, it is accurate. It is not diffuse, though. I mean, we, you are talking about something that is really at the edge of the possibilities today. We do prediction. We do prediction of what we call, we do prediction of the cases we believe will go wrong or could go wrong. We, we have a system that we call cases at risk, which basically combines 13 different machine learning models that are looking at at a set of hundreds of data points for each customer and trying to predict if whatever is happening with that customer will generate a degrade in their experience. And if that is the case, we try to solve it right in that conversation rather than having the customer go away and come back later, you know, frustrated and and escalating. Yeah, so many times... um support agents, and I know we're getting really into the, I I think this conversation is fascinating at two levels. If you have a support center, this is really fascinating, but I think the whole idea of how uh, artificial intelligence, predictive analytics, and all of this is playing a role in our lives is, as just regular people, we should be aware of what's going on behind the scenes. So um, you, I, I like the idea that you try to deal with a problem that the customer doesn't know they have yet. Because many times support centers are telling their agents, once you've solved their problem, move on. Mm-hmm. Average handle time is lower, right? Yeah. However, the cost of having a customer call back and start all over again brings the cost up to a lot higher than if you just solved that first call, first time, what we knew they were going to call about anyway. Indeed. I mean, two, two elements, obviously. One is the cost, as you say, you know, a repeat caller will cost you than a slightly longer call the first time. But also the customer experience and the sentiment that is coming with that will be completely different. If you can solve the second possible problem in the first conversation, now you have a delighted customer that is going to recommend your company. If, you, if the customer is coming back frustrated for a second problem, now you have a frustrated customer that is going to tell that everything is broken with you. Right, right. And that's got to be very, very frustrating. You know, and I know Microsoft is a huge, huge company. And, and most people would say the bigger they are, the harder it is to get the service that you want. Um, it, and, and, it's, and it's really every, I mean, it's become, you have people from all over the world who are supporting what we do. And I know that whenever we have problems, uh, I believe we have 
I, I think we pay for like a concierge type program, maybe uh, from you guys that gets us right into the people we need. Because uh, very anyway. well, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I love that. Hey, let's talk. I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I'd love to talk about what you consider uh, the future to look like. I mean, you're in a company that's recognized, by the way, is one of the greatest technology companies in the world. And, and you know, I just wonder what does customer support in the contact center look like? But before we do that, I got to tell you a great story. I, I'm writing a new book. It's titled, I'll Be Back, which is about how to get customers to come back again and again. And I'm using Microsoft as an example. It was many years ago that Bill Gates decided he wanted to learn exactly what was going on. And he went down and he started taking phone calls in the contact center. And nobody knew they were talking to Bill Gates. And somebody <laughs> said, is there any chance that guy, William, is still around? He was so friendly. <laughs> I just love that. But, it, it, you know, so for all you executives out there that sit in a beautiful office far away from the front line, especially the support centers, go down to the support centers, spend some time, find out what's really going on. Yeah, indeed. I mean, we, we have that program still today. We do it. We have a, what we call a showcase contact center right in the headquarters. And what we do, we invite executives from all over the company regularly, and they can sit together with our experts and hear customer calls, jump in if they feel to, and have that first-hand experience. We do that regularly. And now we've, we've moved that virtually over the last few months uh, for obvious that, reasons. That, that's great. That's great. All right, let's talk about the future. What does it look like? Are we going to be happy? I hope we're going to be happier. That's for sure. And uh, when it comes to what I see cooking is uh, more and more of what we call know me. So the ability for the customer to be recognized and the experience that they are getting to be tailored for them. Mm. Because a lot of times, I mean, every support interaction starts with the customer explaining what they need, who they are, what they have installed on their machine and all those things a lot of that information is actually readily available for us. So through the systems, through the licenses we sold, through the information you already shared in previous contacts with us and so on and so forth. So bringing all of that together and being able to recognize you not only as chef when you're coming in, but as chef that has this set of softwares, had this problem in the past, has this particular configuration, is so much more powerful because now I don't have to waste your time asking you a bunch of questions. I can jump right into helping you directly right and if you do that via technology is even better because then the support agent the virtual support agent can do that i mean imagine the surprise when you are starting to describe your problem the virtual support agent is starting to guess right what your problem is really is better than what you could do yeah so know me i love that uh actually one of the strategies in the i'll be back strategy uh, in the book is uh you know personalization and it's now, how long have you been in the U.S.? Uh, it's now six years. Six years. So you probably aren't that familiar with the TV show Cheers. <laughs> no. No. So this was in the 1980s. And if you're in the U.S., it was like the most popular sitcom. And the theme song is everybody wants to go there. It's because everybody knows your name. And it, it's about when you go into a place and they know who you are and they know you by name. And granted, you may not know me so much personally, but when you, when I am connected to somebody, and by the way, it can be virtual as well, and you start recognizing me, and just to your point, 
gee, that you said that the, the agent knows my problems even better than I do and can articulate them even better than I can. It's like, you know my name, you know who I am. That's an emotional connection. That makes me want to do business with you. Indeed. Well, in the end, that, that is the key. If you go, I mean, if you peel off all the layers of technology that we are talking about, in the end, what we want to do, we want to delight the customer so that they feel good about working with us and using us to be successful. Mm, yep. So um, do you believe, as some people are afraid, that uh, AI will replace the live agent in the future? No, I, I never believed that. Even in the early days of uh, innovating through AI to automate support, and I certainly don't believe that today. Quite the opposite. I think it is going to continue to support the experts to support the customers. Yeah. That is where AI plays the better role. Uh, it's there is there is no reason not to try to replace all the interactions because. Those are moments of magic. I mean, to use your words. I love that term, moments of magic. Yes. That's it. I mean, th those are the opportunities to turn around the customer, to make a customer loyal for life. Why would you waste those opportunities, which in the end are what will make your business successful, to convert them into you know, artificial intelligence-driven transactions? It, it, it's not going to happen, I believe, unless people is really looking more at the, you know, the quarter results than the long-term success of their company. Yeah, I, I, people ask me all the time, I think it's going to take the place of lowest, lowest level entry level information. But when, you know, you're going to need that connection and AI will support the agent. It'll make, uh, it'll create efficiencies mm -hmm. like we can't believe. That's for sure. All right. The one thing question, we're going to wrap it all up. Gee, one thing that you want to leave this audience with, maybe it's something that you haven't shared with us yet one extra nugget of information, or it could be something to emphasize. I, I think the key, the key, if there is one thing you can take from this is try to use artificial intelligence to augment human ingenuity. That is the most important thing to, in my opinion, because if you design every experience taking that into account, then those experiences are gonna be successful and the customers are gonna come out happy of it. Yep, too many times companies are uh, enamored by the technology. They're so excited about artificial intelligence and they actually distance themselves from the customer, not recognizing the mistake that they're making. Mm -hmm. You said it so well. Well, gee, thank you so much for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. You are a rock star. So much appreciate you and everybody. This is why we, we do this. We learn so much from amazing people. We'll be back next week with another episode, another interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.